Welcome to Healthy Habits, Happy Moms Radio, where we are all about helping you find balance in food, fitness, and family 365 days a year with your hosts, Jennifer Campbell, Lauren Kosky, and Annie Breeze. Welcome back to another episode of Healthy Habits, Happy Moms Radio. I'm your host, Annie Breeze. And before we dive into today's topic, I want to share a raving review from one of our listeners, Panda Bear Knits on iTunes. And she says, as a member of the Healthy Habits, Happy Moms Facebook community and the Balance 365 program, I'm already a huge fan of Jen, Annie, and Lauren's message of balance and moderation and habit building. I'm really excited that they've started a podcast. Listening to them talk is like hanging out with one of your best girlfriends. It's always fun. Plus you feel refreshed and recharged. Can't wait for more episodes. Thank you so much, Panda Bear Knits. We are honored that you feel like you're hanging out with your girlfriends because that's exactly our goal with this podcast. Let's get into today's topic, though. For years, before and after photos have been a cornerstone marketing technique used by the diet and fitness industry. And while they can be compelling tools, they don't always tell the whole story. Jen, Lauren, and I have debated back and forth for years about the pros and the cons of before and afters as they often come up in our Facebook community. We want women to feel safe and welcome to celebrate any and all goals they may have for their body and their life, but we also want to carefully examine what messages before and afters ultimately convey. Join Jen, Lauren, and I for a juicy discussion on the implications before and afters have on the individual and our community. Enjoy. Jen and Lauren, welcome back to the show. How are you? Good. How are you? <laughs> Good. There's always that silent, awkward <laughs> moment. Like, which one of us is she talking to? Right. Who's going to speak first? Right. <laughs> Jen, how are you today? I'm really good. I'm super stoked that Yay! my business partner, Annie, <laughs> was selected as the new Des Moines Lululemon ambassador this morning. Well, Jeez, I didn't know you were going to share that. <laughs> I, they um they pulled me out of bed. John pulled me out of bed at 5 a.m. And he was like, I don't know. Someone destroyed the car. I don't know if it was the bat or what. <laughs> what? And I go outside, no glasses, in my like crummy jammies, morning breath. And they're like, surprise. And I was like, oh, gosh, I'm really touched. But could I just have five minutes? <laughs> uh, so they surprised you at 5 a.m.? At 5 a.m. Well, because I had told this story about how in high school, um, our homecoming court was selected the night before they would come and the band would play in your front yard and they would like rip you out of bed. And every, like most of the girls I knew wanted to be picked, but like you didn't come out and say, I want to make homecoming court. Right. But you went to bed that night with like your no makeup, makeup look and your cutest jammies and your hair like curled, like you're not trying, but you're trying just in case. (laughs) You just a case. Yeah. And I wasn't picked. And so I told one of my friends this story, and that's why they surprised me this morning. Oh, the, like the way they did. Reliving it was cute. the homecoming experience. You know, fulfilling fulfilling high school dreams at 35. Nice. I mean <laughs> very special. Um yeah, Lauren, how are you? I'm good. I apologize for being so late. I was getting my hair <laughs> my hair done. Oh, it looks shout out to Lacey. She is a big Healthy Habits, Happy Moms Radio fan. Hi, Lacey. Um, and she does my hair. But 
I've never had blonde hair before. Like I got it, I dyed it blonde or highlighted it or however you say it a couple months ago. So I've never had to do like the, the touch-ups for the roots. Mm. And I thought it was just going to be like a super quick thing. Like they just like paint it on and just wait. I don't know, but it was not quick. You can. So that's. So I'm blonde, <laughs> have been my whole life. Welcome to the blonde side. Um, Thank you. So the other option for you is to just grow it out. So it looks nasty, then start calling it ombre, and then it's trendy again. <laughs> That's what I do. I'll keep that in mind. Or you could also look like me in high school who didn't see the sun in effects quite quick enough, so I just like dumped the whole bottle in my head. Oh. So it was like orange? Yeah, it was bad. <laughs> Bad. What the, but as we say in our business, you pay for an education. <laughs> yes, you <Yes>. do. <laughs> Lesson learned. I had to go to Yonkers salon to get, to get my hair fixed. <laughs> Anyways, um, we have a really, really good topic for you today. It comes up a lot in our community and it just happened yesterday. So this is, we kind of put this together on the fly because we felt like it was quite a buzz about this topic and it was quite relevant in our Facebook community, which side note, if you're not a member of our Facebook community, please join. It's a great way to continue the conversation. If you have more questions, get support. We have almost 40,000 women worldwide, um, moms and non-moms, just no dudes. That's, that's our only rule right now. Um, but Jen, do you want to share kind of what happened yesterday? Cause you were in on it. Sure. So, <clears throat> um, what happens, um, quite um, not frequently, but often enough, maybe once a week. Um, so as most people will be familiar with is before and after photos, especially if somebody is on, um, a weight loss journey or on a diet or whatever, they'll post photos of of themselves before they start the diet or day one of the diet. And then when they complete the diet or midway through their journey or whatever it is. And so we see this a lot on social media, but we actually don't see it a lot in our group because that's not the kind of community and culture that I think we have created or necessarily even encouraged. However, some women, they're usually, you know, they might be new to our group um, and haven't quite clicked with the culture yet. Um, They might post a before and after of themselves. And we don't see them often, but... um, when we do see them, we have sort of veterans of our group or Balance 365 members who will comment, um, not your usual repertoire. So um, typically what people do um, when someone posts a before and after photo is say, you look so amazing, well done, good job, keep going, you know, et cetera, et cetera. And what um, our Balance 365ers do or even our more veteran Healthy Habit Happy Mom community members will say, are things like, um, can you tell us what healthy habits you've incorporated? Or how do you feel? Or um, I see a woman who is lovable and worthy before and a woman who is lovable and worthy after. And so those are sort of the different types of comments that people might see in our group. Um, The post that came up in our group yesterday um, wasn't too, you know, wasn't that different than what people might see on social media. But what stood out about this one and why I ended up going in and addressing it was that she posted her before and after and in, in, you know, she'd written a couple paragraphs and inside one of those paragraphs, she had said, I am so 
embarrassed and ashamed to be sharing this before picture with you all. However, this was me. Um, and now, and this is me now with her after photo, which showed, um, I think she said about a 50 pound weight loss. And so there were lots of comments. Now our group in Healthy Have a Tabby Moms is very big. I don't know how many people are engaged. I don't know how many people are even picking up on our culture. Some seem to take quite a while to adopt it. You know, they might join our group, but they haven't listened to any of our podcasts or listened to our, or read anything on our blog yet. Um, so it might take some time, but I did see there were a ton of comments underneath saying, you look so great. You should be proud. Look at you go. Keep going. You're an inspiration. And, you know, all of that is fine. However, it does keep um, perpetuating that whole idea of um, if you have your larger body is your unworthy body. And the way she spoke about her before body um, was is very troubling, especially because in our pinned post, our very, very first um, rule, which is in an infographic, has silhouettes of women of all different sizes. And we say, we are inclusive to all women. Um, it doesn't matter what their size, background, color, ability is, or even if they're a mom, we strive to be an inclusive community. So what I wanted to say um, and what I want everybody to know, even just about our community even in particular, is are we being inclusive to women of all different sizes, um, abilities, weights, um, if we are sharing photos of ourselves and saying, basically saying we are disgusted with the body we once had and we are embarrassed to be even showing it when in a group of 40,000 women, there are going to be many women who are living in that body and maybe and maybe happy with that body and not trying to change it. Yeah, I think right. that's one of the um, missed or between the lines um, messages that happens with before and afters is oftentimes the after gets a lot of the praise and the attention, but what really goes unignored or ignored is these kind of unwritten messages or underlying messages about what we're saying about the before body. And oftentimes, as you said, Jen, the message is, is that before body is something to feel ashamed of, to be embarrassed about, that it's not okay, that it's wrong, that it's bad. And, um, that's one of the kind of what do I want to say? Um, bones we have to pick with before and afters. Um, because right. honestly the three of us have gone back and forth. Should we use them? Should we not use them? Because they are a cornerstone marketing technique of the health and fitness industry. People right. are used to seeing before and afters. They want proof that whatever you're selling works. Right. Right. And, and that has been, um, caused us, uh, we've gone rounds about, should we use them? Should we not? And that's one of the, one of the downsides of before and afters is that it often really, really, um, has really not so kind things to say about the before body that right. the, the before photo is sad. The after photo is happy. The before photo is bad. The after photo is good. And it's right. just a lot of judgment and, and morality around those bodies. Right. And I understand, I mean, I used to um, use before and afters all the time. I 
I used it as quote unquote motivation. And I remember almost obsessively taking them um, after the birth of my second son. And I remember texting them to my sisters and they would, you know, they would do the typical thing. They would text me back and say, amazing, good job, all of that. Um, And, but really that was a lot of shame-based motivation. It wasn't that I was simply neutrally looking at those photos and saying, oh, here is how my body has changed as I have, as time has gone on and I have been consistent with my habits. I was, I was thinking that body is gross and I need, and the faster I can change it, the better. So, um, the other thing that happens in the health and wellness industry is the quicker you can produce those results, um, 21 days, beach body, cough, cough, the quicker you can show those results, the more excited people get. And, but we know, and if anyone's listened to our podcast any amount of time, we know that that can often be extremely unhealthy. Um, Rapid weight loss can be very unhealthy because for, for many reasons, you know, like we've talked about on many podcasts, the physiological and psychological rebound effect that happens. Um, the fact that rapid weight loss usually means you're about half of the weight you lose is probably muscle, not just fat. Um, there's all those reasons. And, um, but people are obsessed with weight loss. So that type of marketing tool works. And of course, it, of course, we've gone rounds about talking about that because we're saying we know that we know that we, do help women um, with fat loss goals. We just take a much different approach. Do we want to be lumped in with those companies? We don't. Um, and and what does that say about us? You know, if we're using those photos and what are we saying about our clients? Like, you know, because for me, um, a success story inside Balance 365, it's not just about the weight. We aren't a lose weight at all costs company. Um some some women come into Balance 365 without weight loss goals. They're just there for the food freedom, the sanity, and all of that. And some women come inside and change their goals because once they start moving through the program and different self-acceptance levels and cultivating healthy habits, physical and emotional, they realize that these huge fat loss goals they once had aren't actually um, realistic for them. Um, the habits they would require aren't sustainable for them for life and they're trying to find a new place right a new healthy weight for them so so yeah we haven't used them it it may have hurt us I don't know marketing wise I mean we don't have you know people just like break their necks when they when they see a before and after photo come come across their feed or or whatever um but yeah so far we I say I don't know if never say never but so far we've decided um not to use them Um, Jen, will you share, you had a really great response, uh, that if you're in the community, that post was, uh, ultimately deleted, unfortunately, but, um, you had a really great response about, you compared, uh, made the comparison to bodies, to our homes. Will you share that? Right. So, um, I'll read, um, what I wrote. Um, so If you're struggling to understand this concept, try putting it into the context of a home. What if I posted a photo of the house I grew up in versus the house I'm living in now and called my before house an embarrassment or ugly or disgusting? And it looked like the house you're living in now. 
a house you're working really hard on loving because you either can't change it or it's going to take you some time to make the changes you would like to. Wouldn't most people agree that could fall under house shaming or poverty shaming? Yet we see people doing it on social media every day because nobody thinks anything of degrading different body types. Our bodies are our homes, and we may not love the way they look, but we can respect them. And in doing so, we are role modeling to other women that they should value and respect the body they have now, no matter what. I think comparing photos of before before you started your healthy habit journey to after is totally fine, but it really comes down to how you talk about that journey. I have photos of me from different stages of my life, and I can see how different habits have changed my body. Many years ago, I would have also felt disgusted with my before photo and used it as shame-based motivation to keep going. Today, I just see two different sized bodies, neither better nor worse, both worthy of love and respect, just different because of the different season of life I'm in. That was really great. That's Thank a cute. I hadn't read that yeah, before because it was deleted, but... Um, I think it's really important. I really like that analogy. And I think it's important that we're having this conversation because I know that a lot of women don't realize that that's what they're doing because, um, just like you, I used to share before and after photos and take before and after photos and, you know, think of myself as disgusting in the before photo. And for me, that was not a conscious, um, representation of what I thought other people looked like of that size. I only felt that about myself, but, um, so I think it's important that we bring this to the forefront of people's minds that they can, a lot of people probably aren't realizing like this does have an effect on other people. And when you do say those things about your before photo, it does, it affects yourself and it affects others, as you said. So I think it's really important to bring this up. I think what really, really breaks my heart when I see before and after photos and there's a lot of shame or embarrassment or disgust expressed about the after or the before photo, what breaks my heart is that, um, you're talking about a woman. Like I know that oftentimes we think, well, you know, that was me then, but that's still a woman like that's, and, and I just, I'm, I have almost now that I see the implications of using before and after photos and, and really thinking of yourself as just a body. I have almost this kind of like out of body experience when I see photos of me at, which I shared in, um, that our podcast about what to do when you hate photos of yourself, the photo of me and Blair postpartum one week postpartum, that was me then. And I look at it now and I feel heartbroken that I couldn't be more compassionate towards her, that I couldn't have more love and respect for her. And it just, it just breaks my heart that even though you're talking about yourself, like that's still a woman. And as Jen said, you know, what are you saying to other women that look like that? You know, are you, is, is, does the message carry over? And I know a lot of people would say, no, 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 I'm just talking about myself, but it's kind of hard not to carry the thing over. Right. That's important to understand is that the female body is objectified and sexualized by our society. And it starts at a really young age um, when children, I think research is showing um, girls at age four to five years old are already starting to exhibit signs of preferring to have a thinner body. 
And we weren't born like this. So they're getting the message really early. And then we grow up in a society that objectifies women's bodies, which is basically a way of dehumanizing them, right? So of saying, really, all that matters about you as a woman or your number one priority for pursuing worthiness should be a body size. So this is the whole mindset that we are in and we don't even realize when we're doing it to ourselves. The other thing we sometimes see in our group is women, like, I think it was last week someone shared a photo of themselves and they also did a before and after and she didn't even include her head in the picture. It was just like a body with no head. So no personality, no. And that's heartbreaking to me. And we had some awesome comments come in that said, we'd love to see your smile next time, you know, because like we are so much more than bodies and we get treated as if we are. And then we start reducing ourselves to bodies. Um, it's tragic and we are capable of so much more. Another thing that I will just, um, another example I'll use to illustrate my point here is that we also have posts in the group of women who say they're ba they're not showing a photo, but they might be um, talking about their before and after of pursuing therapy and feeling better. Or they might talk about how much better they feel after um, starting a, an exercise habit. And those posts never get as much attention as the before and after photos of physical changes. So that point there alone is showing what we have come to value and what society looks at. And so... You know, it's like, and you see it on social media every day. A lot of, I mean, I don't have that kind of stuff in my social media feeds anymore, but I know a lot of people still do and they're exposed to before and after photos all day long. You see, you know, a before and after photo will get 10,000 likes. Do you know what I mean? Like there's just so much praise going on for it. It's, it just becomes like, oh, this must be normal. And our society has completely normalized um, and rapid weight loss Um and dieting as a healthy part of life. And it isn't. Absolutely. Um, you know, the other thing, the other downside about before and after is that you kind of touched on a little bit earlier, Jen, is that they tell us nothing about the person's health or wellness other than their body weight and their body composition may have changed, that they're simply a different size. And that is it. But so often we assume that they, um, because they're maybe smaller, they're lighter, they're leaner, that they're healthier or that they're happier. And we know that body size does not correlate with body love or self-love and that lower weight or lower body composition does not always correlate with improved health. And it also tells us nothing about their mental or emotional wellness. And I think the three of us have all had periods of our life where we've been maybe leaner or lighter and miserable. Right. And, yeah. um, you know, that's not something we're interested in promoting either or celebrating for other women. I don't, I mean, if your weight, if weight loss is a goal of yours, I can support that, but I'm not going to support it at the expense of your mental and emotional wellness. Like right, that's not it's health. All, our, it's all connected. Our health, you, you're not healthy. If you have, you live in an emotionally stressed state at all times, if you're obsessing over every macro nutrient that passes your lips every step that you didn't take on your step tracker that day, that's not healthy at all. Um, the right, and I'd argue that even if you're losing weight, being in that state is less healthy than being at a higher, higher weight and feeling emotionally balanced. Always stressed. Yeah. Right. Totally. Um, 
Yeah, the the fitness industry um, and diet culture in general, um, they really have portrayed health as something that you basically need to be obsessed with. And that is a major failure to the population at large when really our job in the health and wellness industry should be about portraying what a healthy, balanced life looks like and can be. Um, I, I'm sorry. I'm looking through my <laughs> Instagram uh, quotes because I, I swear I came across a really, really great um, quote, and I'm just going to try to paraphrase, but it was pretty much this woman saying that she's just not interested in celebrating weight loss anymore. Like she's not going to clap for you. She's not going to boo you if you gain weight. She's not going to clap for you if you lose weight. Like it's just like, that's just not an interest of her. She doesn't place value on that anymore. And I really, really like that a lot. And, um, I think that's kind of where I'm at because a lot of people can lose weight. Um, that's usually not the difficult part. The difficult part is doing it in a healthy way that you can sustain it and maintain it. And, and really like loving yourself in the process, uh, versus just dropping weight as fast as possible. The other thing is that when I see before and after photos, um, because we know how, um, how prevalent fad dieting is, um, I think we have stats on that, Annie, that X percent of Americans are on diet at all at any given time, like 66%. Yeah. I don't know off the top of my head, but it's in, and it's an insane amount. It's a very high amount. So um, and because I also know not enough people are talking about behavior change and the science of habit change. So not people aren't even going through the correct process to make these habits stick. Um, when I see a before and after photo, I know that there is a very high likelihood that this person lost this weight because of a fad diet and their picture is before the diet and after the diet, um, and then when we connect those stats to 95% of diets fail and the vast majority of people end up heavier, unhealthier physically and mentally within two years of starting that diet, um, I can't clap for that. The other thing is people have to understand is weight regain is, is emotionally um, awful for people. It is It is humiliating. So if you are a woman who say, quote unquote, is overweight and you lose and you do lose 50 pounds and all these people were clapping for you. And six months later, you've already gained back 30. That is just shrouds you in this this humiliation cloud. And it's hard to even run into anyone. I think I think we talked about it on maybe the sisters podcast. Yes, that's exactly what I was thinking. Yes, we talked Janelle. about our, my sister Janelle yeah. shared on the sisters podcast about how awkward it is. Like, you know, all these people clapping her on as she's basically pursuing disordered eating um, to lose weight. And then she has to run into those people when her weight is 30 pounds back up. And it's like avert your eyes, awkward. Don't, you know, like, because I want to say she said it was like, she had on like the scar, she was wearing the scarlet letter. Like she, like people were like, she felt like people were whispering or, you know, she left the room and people were like, look at Janelle, you know, which, you know, who, who knows if they were or they weren't, but, um, it absolutely is. It's like cheer, cheer, cheer. And then when you gain weight, it's a silence and it, and it can be painful. 
So that quote you were talking about, Annie, I actually Did shared that it? as well. And oh. um, I put it, I had it on my Insta story and I started following the woman who said it and she is at um, Lebo Lion. So L-E-B-O underscore Lion. And what she said was, you can miss me with your diet culture. I won't clap for you if you lose weight. I won't judge you if you gain weight. None of it means anything. There is absolutely no morality or intelligence in monitoring another person's physical appearance. Just let people be. Mic drop. Right. Yeah. I think, too, um, to add to that, so in our program, we are all about body autonomy. So we have nothing against weight loss goals or fat loss goals. I mean, I currently have a small fat loss goal. Um, But I think we can applaud someone for reaching their own goals without it being about weight or before and afters. You know, a phrase we often use is I'm happy. You're happy. Right. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And, uh, Jen, you kind of started touching on it, but that's another downside of before and afters is what happens after the after. And, um, you know, you said at the beginning of the show, a lot of these before and afters are 21 days, six weeks, 12 weeks, even at the longest period of time, maybe six months. But what happened? Like, show me again in five years. Yeah. Like, so let's talk then. We, like, I think we are have you shared uh, your before and after. I think we've shared various before and afters over the years, just sprinkled them like on our social media. So Annie used to be a size 24 and now she's a size 12 and seven years has passed. So here we have a some sustainable weight loss, which you are not attributing to any fad diet. And I had some babies in there. Right. And so, um, and we shared Lauren uh, before, a weight loss before and after, where Lauren specifically said, this weight I was at, this high weight, is the result of dieting over and over and over again and having rebound weight gain, rebound weight gain, rebound weight gain. And me here at this lower weight, this is me finding my healthy weight, healing my relationship with food, and cultivating healthy habits in my life. This is a healthy space for me. That was a very unhealthy space for me. Alternatively, we present a balanced view. So my before and after has been different than your guys's in that I used to be a size zero and I used to be 118 pounds. Now I am five, five, nine. And that is, that was, I had a BMI of 17 at my leanest. And now I am about a size six. Um, so I'm naturally a lean woman. Um, so I'm about a size six. I'm around 140 pounds. And Um, This is me today also living at a healthy weight for me right now. So I feel like we, the times we have shared before and afters, we're trying to show a balanced perspective to say, hey, this is about finding your healthy weight. If you believe you are living above a healthy weight for you, that's okay. Like we can help you with those fat loss goals. But in Balance 365, we are not helping women get from a size six to a size zero if if that's not healthy or sustainable for them. So, and yeah, and I guess bringing it back to the whole point of this podcast is going like, even though we see changes in in bodies, you know, Annie, I imagine you look back at your size 24 self and those photos of you at size 24 and there was a time in your life when you just cringed to look at it where now you can say, that was a woman doing the best she could. 
And same with Lauren, you were doing the best you could. You were dieting and rebounding, dieting and rebounding, your weight going up and up and up with each diet. But you were still, you were doing the best you could and you were trying. And Mm -hmm. those women are still worthy of respect. We don't have to be disgusted when we look at those women. Absolutely. That is just part of your story. Absolutely. Amen. Yeah. Right on. Um, Amen emojis. Amen emojis. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Um, The last point that, and one of you already kind of brought it up too, um, is that before and afters really, and this is tricky on a photo based platform like Instagram or where photos are pushed in the algorithms like Facebook. But when we share bodies, pictures of our bodies all the time, it pushes the notion and the agenda that our bodies are the most important thing about us. And they just aren't. And as you've noted before, Jen, um, it often turns out um, that women are objectifying themselves, that they're breaking themselves down to parts of bodies, which I have done. Admittedly, I've done to myself. Um, But I think it's just that that's why conversations like this are really, really important to give you an alternative perspective that like, this is the implication of what you're doing to yourself and to others. And here's an alternative. Like you don't have to do this. You don't just because everyone else is sharing before and afters doesn't mean you have to too. And it's not the only way you can celebrate weight loss or a change in your body composition or reaching a goal. Like there's alternative ways to celebrate that aside from before and afters. The other thing is that weight loss is just, um, it's just a result of changing your behavior. So sustainable weight loss, you know, weight loss that you, that you see in your body and that stays, um, that is a result of changing your behaviors forever. When you do a diet and you aren't working on behavior change, that, that is a result of temporary behavior change and usually like severe caloric restriction. Um, and then you're, when you rebound and eat all the things, your body will reflect that. And I guess, I guess what I want people to understand is that it is just as important, if not more, to celebrate the, celebrate the processes of getting you to different places. Like, and you can, in, in all realms of life, like even in our business, um, sure, we can celebrate hitting X amount of members or um, X revenue, we can celebrate that. But it really came down to the day-to-day hustle <laughs> that the three of us um, are committed to day in and day out. And if we only celebrated the results, um, we would forget what went into our day-to-day and um, people around us might think it was just that easy. Right. Right. Who, who was it? Was it Dan John who always says you have to fall in love with the process? That's what matters. That sounds like something he would say it, because it's... It might not be br- Dan John. Maybe James Clear. I don't know. Somebody smart. <laughs> Somebody, <laughs> Somebody really talented yeah. like Dan John or James Clear. Either one. Um, we've yeah. said that a lot about just having weight loss as, as a general goal as well. That what happens if you have weight loss as like the ultimate goal. You change all these habits for the better. You start eating vegetables, you're walking, you're sleeping more, your self-talk is improved, you're um, exercising, you're getting up and off the ground with ease and you step on the scale and your weight hasn't budged or you've gained weight. And it's like, all of it goes to crap. 
when that's your, when that's your only priority. And it's like, that's one piece of the puzzle. It's not the whole pie. It's just one piece. And we hear that so often too. Yeah. And, and that's the thing about before and afters when women don't get the results that they think they're supposed to get because, you know, Susan is sharing this amazing before and after, then if I don't get that, then I'm somehow a failure. And that's not how it works. I know that's what can happen. That's the interpretation of it a lot, but that's not, that's not the whole picture. Yeah. The other thing that we see quite a bit is women who, you know, have started say an exercise habit. This happened two days ago. A woman posted, um, that she's consistently been going, been going to the gym. Um, and she feels really good, but she's pretty bummed that the scale hasn't budged. And I, I just replied to her, maybe um, instead of weighing yourself every morning and letting that determine how you feel about your life, um, maybe you should stop weighing yourself so often and go by how you feel each day. How does that workout make you feel? Right. There are so many ways to measure progress mm-hmm. outside of how much you weigh. I mean, that is just one tiny, tiny little data point out of thousands of data points that we could track about what's going on with our bodies. Yet we are consumed, obsessed with that one tiny data point. Right. And like, let's be honest, is how much you weigh really more important than how you feel? Like, isn't it the point to feel good in the first place? Mm -hmm. Like, I would rather feel good. Absolutely. Right. And feel loved. The other thing. feel confident. And in our podcast with Sarah Cole um, that we did, she's been in balance she's five for 18 months. She's lost 50 pounds. She talks all about the process in that podcast. Um, she shared with us when she used to just diet and she would choose these obscure goal weights that she thought she needed to be, whether it was like her 17-year-old weight or her friend's weight or whatever. And then she would bend, change her whole life about and it was all about getting to this weight and I think she shared that she was eating like 1200 calories a day and running 10 kilometers a day it was crazy and her weight plateaued and then she was and then she said I thought this was so profound in that podcast she said where do you go from there like as a busy mom when you just when you keep pursuing that leaner 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 more 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 like there's only so much time for that so I, I found that really interesting that you, you, you can always get leaner. You can, you know what I mean? And the other thing is that most people's goal weight, I find ends up being the leanest they can possibly be. Do you know what I mean? So yeah. we have a range of weight that's healthy for us. There's not like one number that's our magical healthy number. I fluctuate probably between, I don't know, 135 and four, one, 135 and 145-ish throughout, you know, the year, the month, whatever. And it's like, there's a range that's normal and healthy for us to fluctuate. Seeing huge, wild fluctuations, like I think, Lauren, you've shared before that you used to fluctuate between in a 90-pound range, which I would say that's not overly healthy or... Yeah, I went from zero to 12. So like, that's a lot. And in like a year. Right. So that's an enormous fluctuation. I mean, that shows some serious habit yeah (laughs) non-controlling habits reactive overeating there yeah yeah so so when you start seeing really crazy wild fluctuations like that I think that's worth saying what's going on but if I step on the scale and I'm a couple pounds up or down I think nothing of it like it's 
there's no, it's not a surprise to me. It's just part of my normal. Well, and I just fluctuations. I, I want to share this story. I, sh- I shared it on Instagram, but in my, um, inside my mall bathroom, there is one of those, I don't even, why do these even exist? But there's one of those scales. It's like, check, put a quarter yeah, in, check your weight <laughs> and get today's winning yeah. lottery ticket numbers. <laughs> like, do you think this works? Um, but I took a picture of it because it has, you know, male, female, and then your height and then your weight. So this is like, I don't even remember what the labels were, but it had like three columns, you know, like light, medium and heavy or something. I was heavier than the heaviest for five, nine. (laughs) And so I made a joke and I was like, I don't, I'm my, I don't even fit on the scale. Like what happens if you don't fit on the scale? Like, do you die? Like what? Right. right. (laughs) And and the funny thing is, is, um, you know, I used to, I used to carry a lot of shame about my weight. I used to lie about it. I used to hide it. I mean, I remember going to the driver's license place and like being like, I was 160 when I was clearly over 200 pounds. Like this lady had to look at me like, come on lady. (laughs) (laughs) I know what you're up to here, but I, I had a lot of shame. And, and now I'm like, you know what? I'm heavy, um, uh, compared to that scale, or I'm heavier than what I quote unquote should be per this scales recommendations, which who knows where those recommendations even came from. Um, but I know that my habits are healthy and I feel healthy and I'm living my life in a way that feels good to me. And then it's easily maintainable and I'm able to enjoy all the activities that I want to enjoy, uh, freely. And that's really of utmost importance to me. If I am up 20 or down 20, like I don't care about that. What I care is that I feel like this is maintainable and healthy and good and confident. And that's worth way more than minus 10 pounds or whatever. Right. So anyways, but I didn't get the winning lottery ticket numbers. Darn it. What I want to say too, that I really want people to understand that it's women of all sizes that struggle with these thoughts and behaviors. So a lot of women who are larger think that becoming smaller is the answer to all of their emotional turmoil around their size. And it isn't because thin women struggle with these things too. In fact, um, your license story reminded me of that. I used to lie about my weight on my license too, as well. And honestly, I have never been a really heavy woman. So it was it was just that if I went in and I'm talking, so you're talking about lying about 40 pounds, I would lie about five or 10 pounds because it was like, I also care. I also carried that shame about just being a little bit heavier than I thought that I should be. Like I thought I should be this amount of weight and I was going to put it on my license because I was planning on becoming that weight as soon as I could, or that was what I was working towards. And so, and it's just crazy to me, like, it's crazy to me now that I would, um, you know, think like that. And, um, yeah, but I've always been sort of a tall, thin woman and I still struggled. I struggled with all the same things Annie was struggling with, um, at over 200 pounds and a size 24. So it's universal. And if it's universal, we have to start, let's start talking to each other and sharing these things and realizing that there is a lot of societal conditioning going on and it's directed at women of all sizes and we can do something about it. We have the power to do something about it. And that. I think it starts by changing the conversations that we're having on a day-to-day basis in situations like this. You know, applauding the right. weight loss, mm-hmm. being silent when people are gaining weight, applauding before and afters. You know, like, I mean, a simple actionable step is the next time you see a before and after, try saying, how do you feel? 
What habits were you right. working on? Instead of, you know, all the clapping emojis and, and applause, applauding how they look, uh, you know, yeah. you just take the focus off look yeah. and thinness and bring it back to health, wellness, and how you feel. And if what you're doing is sustainable. Yeah. The, I think the context really matters. So, um, absolutely. All right. Anything, I think we covered a lot of great points. Do you have anything to add or do you want to review? I, I just want to add to that. Um, for people in my personal life, like say my sister, um, if she had lost weight, it's a different story for me to talk to her about her weight and letting her know that I acknowledging her results. Um, it's a different story for me to acknowledge her weight loss results with her because I know exactly how she's working towards them. I know her emotional wellness has been as important to her as habit building. It's a different story for me to acknowledge that with her than it is for me to acknowledge it to a stranger on social media who I have no idea could have starved themselves and taken laxatives for the last five days to get to that after photo. Um, and so I was reminded of that because you said, Annie, context manner matters. We have all these conversations going on in the body positive world and in, you know, in the fitness world and everyone wants to talk in the black and white everybody. They want to have rules because rules are easy to understand. And I want to just mention that context always matters. You're, you know, just use your brain is, you know, what's appropriate in this situation. Um, and you'll be okay. Yeah. I'll add too that. I was at the doctor's the other day and, um, the nurse who was weighing me, um, was like, Oh, you lost weight. Like, and like congratulating me for it. And I was just, oh, like, okay, like, she didn't know, like, she doesn't know that whether weight loss is a goal of mine, she doesn't know anything about me besides a brief medical history that's, like, on her one sheet of paper, and so it was, it was eye-opening, because sometimes we get in our little bubble, like, in our community, and we forget, 365 bubble, yeah, and we forget that this goes on all the time, everywhere, yeah, it does. Yeah. So I just tried to like, just be like, oh, okay. Like, it's like not a big Neutral. deal. I'm not going to celebrate with you. Like the thing is, if the thing is same as if you had your blood pressure taken or right. your cholesterol measured or, you know, and that's, you know, back to weighing. And we've talked about this in previous podcasts. Um, I didn't weigh myself for a long time because I had such a disordered history with it. I really just needed a break from seeing my weight. Um, but I, I do weigh myself now occasionally. I don't own a scale, but I'll weigh myself maybe every four months on the gym scale. At the scale There's in the any, mall. There, <laughs> right. Put a quarter in. There's never any huge surprises. Um, back to what Annie was saying, I feel good. I'm, I'm doing the best I can right now. I have good habits that are supporting me. Um, and so there's nobody should be afraid of looking at their weight. Um, the same way, um, the same way it's just smart. It's just good for you. It's just smart to collect data about your body. It allows you to make decisions. So if you can take the shame out of the equation, you know, we, we don't get ashamed about our blood pressure or, I mean, you know, maybe some people do that really high blood pressure, but if we just see fluctuations in our blood pressure or cholesterol or vitamin D levels, you know, nobody's panicking in the same way they panic about their weight. And so for me, monitoring my weight or keeping track or checking in on my weight is 
this, I, I have the same mentality behind it the same way I might check in on all those other data points about my body because it really does allow me to make objective decisions. And if I do see my weight is up, it's up or down, it allows me to reflect and say, is there anything going on here? And hey, maybe there is, but maybe there isn't. And then you move on with your life. It's a, it's a great place to be able to be so much more objective about it instead of reactionary and panicky and anxiety filled. Right. And emotional. And just, and to know that, okay, I have the tools that I need. If I want to make any changes, if I don't want to make any changes, I can just sit here and maintain, uh, for a bit. And, um, I, I know what I'm doing. I know what I need to do if I, if I want to change anything. Exactly. Awesome. Okay. Well, thanks so much, Liz. Another, another good conversation in the books. Yes. Just keep pumping them out. I mean, could, do we, I mean, do we ever have any bad conversations? No, no. they're all, I mean, we're kind of brilliant. Hilarious, brilliant, intelligent. Someone go write an iTunes review. <laughs> Five star. Five star, please. Uh, no, on, on that note, though, if you do have time, we do appreciate the reviews. And I'm starting to share them in the intros, too. They're super fun. We read them. We read all of yeah, them. Yeah, and here's the thing. If you love what we're talking about and you think that this message needs to get out to more women, um, please go and review us because the more reviews we have, the higher we start ranking in in iTunes. Um, and thank you to everyone who has been leaving reviews for us because we are starting to get women into our community who said they found us on iTunes, which is so, so cool. Yeah. And the quicker we can rule the world. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> that too kidding not kidding no uh we but we really do appreciate it i mean even if it didn't do anything for the algorithms it's just nice to hear that people are listening and that they enjoy what they hear and that they feel like they're having coffee with us because that would i mean that's yeah and if you have any um like critical or negative feedback if you could just slide slide that through our email (laughs) (laughs) cc lauren koski Not in the reviews, not in the iTunes reviews. And um, if you have anything bad about me, then you can just keep that to yourself. No. <laughs> keep your opinions to yourself. Susan. Yes. <laughs> just, bye, Felicia. Just kidding. <laughs> okay. Thanks, ladies. This was fun. We'll talk soon, okay? okay bye, guys. Bye. Thank you so much for listening today. If you aren't a member already, Jen, Lauren, and I would love to invite you to join our free private Facebook community of nearly 40,000 women worldwide. It's a great place to ask questions and get support. You can find us on Facebook at Healthy Habits, Happy Moms. If you enjoyed what you heard today and need more support, check out our popular habit coaching program, Balance 365, at balance365.co. And if you really like what you heard today, we'd appreciate a five-star rating on iTunes so we can continue to bring you more amazing episodes. Thank you.